Lord, we love you, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. You are so, so good to us, God. And Lord, we just pray that tonight you come and, and not sure who our guest pastor is, but Lord, we just pray that you um, strengthen him and bring him a message, Lord. Lord, uh, fill him with your spirit, God, and let him uh, use your words to impart your message of what you want us to learn tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good to have Brother Jordan Ambrin with us. Um, you, how many of you heard of, how many of you have heard Jordan Ambrin's music? Several of you have. Y'all here last time, yep. Well, you will be blessed tonight, and I'm looking forward to what the Spirit of the Lord's put on his heart. This guy's been traveling, just got back from West Virginia. Um, so he's run his family off. They're, uh, <laughs> uh, what, seven services in three days? Seven services since Wednesday. And um, so they, they, they uh, revolted on him tonight. But uh, we, know that, we know that God is going to touch us tonight. Father, thank you, Lord. Touch Brother Jordan Amberin. Anoint him. Use him in a powerful way. Let your strength be upon him. Let your anointing be upon him, God. Thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, brother. If there happens to be some of us that uh, have not met, um, I, uh, back in the day, I got to preach for Brother and Sister Dyer a lot. And um, I mean, they're just um, heroes of the faith. And uh, can I get an amen for somebody? And I, I love them dearly. Is it okay if I sing a little bit? Uh, usually my, my family's with me and, and everything. And uh, We have National Quartet Convention this week up in Pigeon Forge, so we're having to get everything to go there. My wife's at a baby shower at our church, and it was just a perfect storm. So uh, you've got me, and that's about it. So God help every one of you. Uh, anyways, it is, it is an honor and privilege um, to be here. I love Jesus. Amen. How about you? All right, let me, let me try to do an old song here, uh, one I probably did a long time ago. Is there anybody that was here uh, from South Haven back in the day? Yeah, I know, yeah, there she's, she's. <laughs> well, all right, this may be a new song for you then. Amen, praise the Lord. Amen. Can we lift our hands and love Jesus together? Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's the King of glory. There's nobody like Jesus Christ. There's nobody like Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look outside your heart, my friend. A king is waiting to come in. It's been so long since he left his throne. Just to be your friend He gave up his wealth above Just to prove his great love Open your heart And let the King of glory come in Oh, the King of 
outside the door Who is this King? The King of glory is Christ the Lord Aren't you glad you know it? He wants to walk with you Glory coming. Aren't you glad you know him? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now look at his crown of thorns. Hear the mob laugh and scorn. The royal hands and feet of this man have been scarred for your sin somebody feel of his wounded side he loves you so much that he died so open your heart and let the king of glory come in oh listen now from riches to rags, my God came just to wash away your sin and shame. Aren't you thankful for it? Ever hurt in life? All your pain, all your strife was placed on Him. And I love this part. Jesus bled and died for you. Oh, just to show his love was true. Somebody open your heart and let the King of glory come in. Oh, the King of glory stands outside the door. It's Jesus. Anybody come to worship Jesus tonight? Praise the Lord. Oh, he wants to walk with you. Oh, he wants to talk with you. Open your heart and let the King of glory come in. He wants to walk with you. Oh, he wants to talk with you. Open your heart and let the King of glory come in. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I don't know how many, I, how long you all usually here for on Sunday night? <laughs> Four hours, you're in trouble. I'm about to fall over right now. I've been up there in them hollers in West Virginia. You just think we got hollers. You, let me tell you something. Rocky Branch looks like New York City. 
Nebo Mountain might as well be L.A. Uh, compared to where I was. Now, there's some good folks, too. But, uh, and let me tell you, what, let me tell, let me give you, can I give you a praise report? Listen to this. I am, a fir- I am Pentecostal from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Man, I talk in tongues with a drop of a hat and carry the hat to drop. You, you get what I mean? I believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. With every, well, I hope somebody here does. Y'all get me? Y'all get I believe in everything inside me. So, uh, but the free will Baptists love us. They love us. And, but I've been going up in, up, up in them hollers, and, and God is tearing down. Now, it may not seem like much, because you and I, we've seen him do it here locally for years, but uh, up there, it's a really big deal for some of the Baptist folk. They won't even let the Pentecostals preach in their pulpits. They won't, they, at all, okay? And, and some of the Pentecostals are the same way, okay? But anyway, uh, God is tearing down those denominational walls little by little. I just preached for a Baptist pastor that got the Holy Ghost. Gifts of the Spirit are manifesting in the free will Baptist church I just, I just sang in. And it is absolutely powerful. It is awesome. Uh, God's tearing down denominational walls. Uh, some of the uh, churches up there that are really, really thick in legalism, like I came out of, the same movement actually that I came out of, an entire church just came out and said, we want grace. We're all about grace. We're not going to rely on the law. And God is doing a work. And I love it how people who are named by the name of Jesus are binding together, putting differences aside, and putting Jesus as number one. And God is filling people with the Holy Ghost. Saturday night, last night, just a few hours ago, uh, from my point of view, I got in at 3 a.m., had to be up at, uh, um, well, I just told you, uh, Happy Valley this morning to sing. We had to be there at 9, so I got about four hours sleep. Anyways, we had the three services today. This is our third service. Well, my third. They, they're out doing something else. Anyways, but, I, but I'm here with you. We're in this thing together, amen. <laughs> but, uh, and it's always an honor and privilege to be with the Dyers. I love them from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I read, you all are blessed. You all are blessed. You've got a dynamic duo. I mean, Batman and Robinette. I mean, I mean. I'm serious. I'm serious. I don't mean to turn my back to you. Uh, but, you know, I set everything up the way he had it, and then he decided to put everybody over here, and so now I'm all messed up. My OCD's all messed up. But anyways, um, what, I don't know how many you want me to say. One or two more, and that's it? Is that good? Is that okay? Okay. Uh, now, if you were expecting, um, what was that beautiful song they were singing beforehand, the kids, the Jehovah? You are Jehovah. Jaira, 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 that's right. Our church sings that. I don't. I am pretty southern gospel i love it all now you'll catch me helping them sing stuff and i love all of it or if it magnifies jesus i love it but um most of the soundtracks i got are going to sound like the one you just heard okay uh so hopefully that's okay but i wrote a song i didn't write that last one but i i did the whole thing i'm getting at is i wrote a song and it's really my testimony i don't believe i got to do it here the last time i was here i, I don't think of it maybe i did i can't remember that's that's been many moons ago but um, when, when we did this uh, new record, I got to put this song on it, and I found out that it's on one of the gospel charts um, that around, and, and really, I don't, I'm not saying this in a bragging way. There's a reason why I'm telling you this. It's number 30-something now, this song right here I'm getting ready to do, and it's country gospel. You're going to hear the steel guitar, you're going to hear all that. But if you don't like that style, just push it aside and listen to the words. I was this deep in religion. 
okay? I think that I had to get saved twice. First time from sin, the second time from religion. Y'all getting what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, to where I walk in grace, and I am a grace preacher. And last time I was here, I preached on grace. And I just believe in it. With And, and uh, hey, Brother Roger, uh, one of the saints from my church got to come here tonight. It's so good to see you, brother. And um, I, I just love grace. I absolutely love it. But this song is going to tell you my testimony. Because there was a certain time, Brother Dyer, that I thought if it wasn't a certain preacher laying hands on me at a certain time or a, uh, being in a, a certain kind of church service or whatever. That, and I really tried to put God in a box back when I've been preaching for 26 years this week. And it uh, started when I was 16 years old. And there were some times it was pretty rough on me being a teenager and in my early 20s trying to fight some different things. And, and I felt like, and I, you all have heard me say this before if you've ever heard my testimony, that I really felt like with everything inside of me, that I wasn't good enough because I had struggles and I struggled with stuff. And I talked to you about that last time. But this song will sum it, sum it all up. I'll just shut up and sing it. How about that? I hope you like the steel guitar if you don't act like you do. Praise the Lord. This song says he's been there all the time. I sat all alone, so afraid of the dark. It was there the unknown tore my mind apart. How I longed for somebody to set me free from this strife. That's when his arms wrapped around me and victory was mine. But listen. But no choir had been singing, no preacher was preaching when his arms wrapped around mine. Yeah, in the midst of the darkness, that's where his glory descended, and I received this glorious sign. There were no deacons around me, no church moms to hold me. It was the Father that held me this time. So the next time you're desperately seeking for help, remember my God's been there all the time. Who's thankful he'll never leave you or forsake you? Glory to God. Hallelujah to God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Listen, listen, listen. You're struggling alone, so afraid of the dark, holding on to that last thread of hope that's kept you this far. Well, friend, the answer is standing right there by your side. And if you'll just speak his name, why, he's been there all the time. But no choir had been singing, no preacher was preaching when his arms wrapped around mine. Yeah, in the midst of the darkness, that's where his glory descended. I received this glorious sign. There were no deacons around me, no church moms to hold me. It was the Father that held me this time. 
the next time you're desperately seeking for help, remember my God's been there all the time. Who's thankful for that? There were no deacons or preachers around me, no family, no church moms to hold me. It was the Father that held me this time. So the next time you're desperately seeking for help, remember my God's been there all the time. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. All right, I better go ahead and preach. Um, I got something here tonight. If you want me to sing another one uh, at altar or something, other, whatever you want, I'm just here screeching and scratching. Um, my wife's the good singer, and she, she's, not, she's not here, obviously. But uh, when I took that, I thought, well, we'll just go and sing. And she said, you know I've got that baby shower that night at the church. I said, no, 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 I didn't. I think Brother Rodney's passed out somewhere, our third part, and my boy's taking care of a, our RV because we're going to a national court take convention. So, I, and then the other kids are they're helping with all that stuff. So, uh, forgive me for being alone. Usually we all we travel in packs. Usually, um, but Brother Roger, it's me and you tonight. Okay, we're. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad he came, and uh, that that family's awesome. They they start going to our church, and next thing you know, I was baptizing them, and man, God's filling with the Holy Ghost, and we're, we're just having a time of the Lord, aren't we, brother? Praise God. Well, Pastor Dyer, I honor you in Jesus' name, you and your lovely wife, family, and all the leadership here. I greet you in Jesus' name. Uh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Why don't we go to, um, it would be good if we went to the Bible, Second Kings. I told you, I'm frazzled. Four hours sleep for a 42-year-old man. But you got to remember, I've been preaching since I was 16, so I'm like 80 in preacher years. Hey, I had a nice, thick, full head of hair. I told people that I, I was never going to lose my hair. My daddy at 76 years old when he passed away had a full head of hair. Whew, Lord, help me. How have you done? Your toupee's great. He's got a nice one. You got a nice one, don't you? It's <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Second Kings chapter 2. Um, I, I have to be honest with you, not that I'd be anything else, but I'm, I'm being very blunt honest with you. I um, was thinking, Lord, and, and praying, what, what can I give these good people? These good, I said, Lord, you, you want me to talk about the gifts of the Spirit? God, I love talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I love, I love doing Spirit-filled Bible studies on, on, the, on tongues and, and the importance of the gifts of the Spirit in our life. And I love stuff like that. I, and he said, no. And, and I kept on just, you know, Pastor, when you kind of get your feelers out, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Because you've not told me anything. And we, we haven't even got to talk in several months. And you weren't supposed to be here tonight. And... Um, he was tired. He was tired. What he was? He said he was tired, and, and he said that's not what I said. Yeah, it was. And uh, he said I'm tired of preaching. No, he didn't. You were supposed to be. You were supposed to be on a flight, and you know how that goes. So, um, anyways, I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad. You, was your wife supposed to be with you? No, she was going to be here. Okay. See, she loves me. 
Um, she, appreciate, she appreciates good Pentecostal ministry. Uh, <laughs> you've only heard me preach, what, three times? Every, 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 every time I go preach for him, he ain't here. Uh, back at South Haven, he, I, he was always gone. No, I'm just kidding you. Just half the time. But 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 23, you all look great out there tonight. Is the youth group going to help me preach? I promise you I was your age at one time, whether you can uh, believe that or not. I wasn't always... I was about to say I wasn't always old and fat, but I've always been fat. Um, I wasn't quite, yes, beautifully and chubbily made. I am, I'm trying. All right, 2 Kings 2.23. Are you there? Say amen. And he went up from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, go up thou bald head. Boy, mm, I'd like to get a hold of them brats. And so they said unto him, go up thou bald head, go up thou bald head. He turned back and looked at them, looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. So I guess it's okay to curse somebody as long as you do it in Jesus' name. That's, no, it don't quite mean what people think it might mean if you're not, not well-versed. He cursed them in the name of the Lord. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Cursed them. Now, it certainly doesn't mean he used foul language. That's not what he's talking about. He cur- put a curse upon them in the name of the Lord. And when he did that, there came forth two she-bears out of the wood and tear 40 and two children of them. Someone say, of them. Well, that tells me there was somebody left to tell the story. And he went from thence to Mount Carmel, and from thence he returned to Samaria. I just want to talk to you about a bald man and a bear. A bald man and a couple bears. Just, that's all. Just a bald man and a couple bears. That's okay. Father, I ask that you would bless this message. Touch your people. Let us give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Let us be forever changed. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Someone say amen. Well, first of all, I, th- I think it's pretty common to find the man of God at Bethel. That's, that's pretty common. He was on his way to Bethel. Bethel means the house of God, okay? Now, one thing that I'm really big on, especially me, kind of, I'm, I'm dangerous. I, I really am dangerous. I can't believe you had me preach for you. I don't know why anybody had me preach for him. I'll be honest with you. It used to, used to when I was a kid evangelist, I really thought if I could just get in there and get them shouting and dancing and get them praising the Lord and get them talking in tongues, I thought, man, I'm doing my job. And then I started pastoring, and there's a whole lot more to it. And, um, but I'm dangerous to religion, man-made religion, that, that legalism. I'm, I'm, I'm dangerous as a cock gun. I can't stand it. I hate it. I hate it. And so what I'm getting at is um, I understand Bethel represents the house of God. And I, would, and I love this beautiful, this, you all have got a gorgeous building. You're doing some great work up here. I autographed it too, by the way, if anyone wants to see mine. I put something real spiritual up here. You'll like it if you didn't see it. You'll love it. You'll, you'll appreciate it. Uh, but anyways, uh, it's beautiful. But this is not the house of God. This is the house of God. 
God for so long had dwelled in a box. Oh, and he said, I can't stay in that box any longer. I wanna, I wanna tabernacle with that bunch. You wanna spend time with me? Anyways, but one way or the other, you do know if you wanna find your pastor, you know, you probably usually find him around Bethel. You can find him around what, you know, uh, the, the church house. This, this is the church house. God dwells in here. You understand? But you can find him. We call it the house of God. I understand the lingo we use going to church and all that stuff we Americans use. But, uh, but one way or the other, God lives right here. But, but it, it is common. It is common. You want to find a prophet. You want to find a man of God. Go, go to the church house. You can find him. So that, that's, that's not really um, what I really want to get to. But you'll find the ministry ministering. You'll find, there was a book years ago, I don't know if you ever saw, I don't, I don't know if I read it, I don't know, my, my mother had it in her collection, and it was called, And They Smell Like Sheep. You heard of that? And it was talking about ministers and how, how, how shepherds should smell like sheep because they're tending to the needs of the people that they care about. You got a good shepherd. You got a good shepherd. You know, when I, when I read this and it says there was these little, these, these little children here, don't let that fool you. Most scholars believe they could have been in their 20s. They just acted like those four. You know, like a lot of Christians today. You know, you know been saved for 20 years, been filled with the Holy Ghost, about the same and still, still on milk. At some point, you got to grow up. At some point... You know, when I was a child, I spake as a child. But now that I'm a man, let me tend to things that men take care of. Whatever you do, you take as much time as you need on that meal. But there needs to come a time where you start, you know, I don't know about you, but I think I came out of the womb eating biscuits and gravy. I, I don't know. I, they had me on it real. You, I mean, come on. I'm a product. Blame my parents. But I love it. I, I, mean, I could eat biscuits and gravy, sausage gravy, sawmill gravy all day long. I love it. And start talking about food, you're going to forget my thought. But one way or the other, these kids, they should have been acting a little better than what they were. I mean, you know, and, you know, when I was, in, when I was 15, I thought I was ready to be a conference speaker. I thought that I was ready to, for camp meetings. And I preached my first camp meeting when I was 19 or something like that, my first funeral when I was 19. And I thought, man, I thought, boy, I've done it all and seen it all. Well, I'm looking back at my 19-year-old self and telling that Brad he don't know anything. I'm telling you. Because you think you got it all together. And I guarantee there's some of you here in your maybe 60s, 70s. I don't know if anyone here would be in their 80s or not. And then you're looking at someone in their 40s saying, huh, you, you, you ain't been there yet. You don't know yet. Because the older you get, the more you realize that, well, me, I, the older I get, the dumber I feel. Because I see this world so much bigger and the kingdom of God is so much bigger and the things of God are so much deeper than what we think when we first get in this thing. Anyways, one way or the other, these kids, they, they thought they had it all together. So they looked at this man of God and they said, uh, go up thou bald head. Like I say, scholars can believe a few different, they believe a few different things. So you, you can take it like you want to. It, it could perhaps the, the insult of of go up thou bald head many of them believe that it was when they first of all let's deal with the go up part what do you mean by that some people believe that they were actually mocking the rapture of Elijah that had just taken place now you got to remember brother Elisha was in kind of a, a kind of a, it was an exciting time but wouldn't you be missing your mentor wouldn't you be missing your pastor who just got whisked away in a chariot of fire 
And so when they say, you, you go up, you go up like Elijah did. Go up, they'll bought it. Some people believe that. Others, others believe they were just trying to provoke him because Elijah was taken and he wasn't. There's a lot more to this than meets the eye. I, now, I'm just laying a foundation. I'm going somewhere, so you just hold on with me, okay? And I won't hold you long because I'm tired and hungry a little bit. Now, and some of them believed that, that by saying, go up, that they were literally telling him to go on to heaven. They wanted him dead. So you can take it any way you want to, one way or the other. They's, they's talking to that man of God in a rough way, in a really ignorant way. And when it comes to the bald head, Leviticus 13, 40 says, if a man loses the hair of his head, he is bald. Boy, I'm glad the Lord clarified that. It's all, it's all, read it yourself. You J-A-V-N-I-V-N-L-T, J-A-V, whatever one you want. It, it literally says when a man, I appreciate that, God. Thank you for, 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 for making sure everyone knows that I'm bald. If a man loses the hair of his head, he is bald. And then at the end, he said, he is clean. So all y'all out there still holding on to them strands, lose it. You ain't sanctified till you've gone bald. Amen. Come on now. Yeah, I'm getting them now. Some of you are with me. Anyways, no, listen. So it, it, it can mean that. It, it can literally mean they were making fun of him actually having a bald head. It, it, can, it can mean an insult. Um, many, a lot of people believe that it means when you say someone has a bald head that they have an empty mind, that they're a numbskull, that they're stupid and unlearned. Boy, man, these, these, uh, these runts in their 20s, they thought they something, didn't they? Look at this man of God uh, performing miracles, see, seeing uh, the prophetic, and, and all of a sudden, you see that they're saying, go up, thou bald head, go up. Jude 1, I don't really have time to, to, to read everything I'd like to, but it said but, uh, in, in verse 17, but beloved, remember you the words which were spoken of the apostles of our Lord Jesus, before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers, someone say mockers, in the last time who would walk after their own ungodly lust, these be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. That tell, Now the Bible says if any man hath not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. That means anyone acting like that is not his. That's about as clear as Leviticus. If a man has no hair, he's bald. You act like he is, you're not saved. And I've just got to the point now to where you the saved or you lost. I mean, I, I mean, it's just black or white. You get, I ain't got time to play games. I really don't. Tell them, Brother Roger, I just, I'm, I'm just telling it like it is. You either saved or you lost. Either your name's written in that book or it's not. Period. And you need to know. And I quit, and I, I may have told you this before because I say this everywhere I go, but I quit asking people if they're saved. You know, because everybody's saved. You know, you sugar preachers, oh, yeah, I got saved. Yeah, okay. What I started asking, Brother Dyer, is do you know the Lord? You talk about disarming somebody if they don't. Well, I, I go to church, or I, my grandma went to church. I'm like, no, do you know the Lord? I need to know, do you know the Lord? Paul said that I might know him. Uh, so that could be insulting. Uh, another part, and I don't have time to read this, but Le Leviticus 13, 42 through 44 tells us um, that there's many times that a man would lose all of his hair and, grow, and, and have sores take the place of his uh, hair on his head because of leprosy you can read that on your own time it could have it, it could have meant they were making fun of him because they thought he was sick boy that man this is they're just really digging themselves deeper 
It, it would have been better for him to have literally been a bald man and then making fun of, his, of, of their seeing their reflection in his bald head. You know how they do. And they, they come up to you and they try to buff your head. Nah. Yeah. I remember I had two crowns. I had a full head of hair and I had two cr- You know, y'all know what a crown is, I, I assume. The, the little swirly place about your, where, where you'll part your hair or whatever. I had two. And man, this thing was a mess. It was just an absolute mess. And uh, two crowns. And so, so you've already got the little deal like that going. And I did, I, I guess I didn't really look in the mirror that much, I, you know, from behind. You know, I just comb my hair back and forget about it. And somebody came up to me after service when I was a young evangelist, when I started thinning out, probably about the time I was with you. And he said, I almost start calling you the cross preacher. And I said, the cross preacher? He said, yeah, you know how you got the cross on the back of your head? I said, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. He said, you've got a cross on your head. He said, you know, your bald spot. I said, my what? My what? I ran as quickly as I could to find a bathroom. I said, Lord God. Jesus, I'm losing my, but see, my two crowns right there made the, that way, and my ball saw was going up and down, and it did, it looked like a cross. So, <laughs> anyways, anyways, so, so that was fun. But one way or the other, uh, they better be careful because this man of God, actually, if he was bald, but he, if it was by his choice, Job 1 and 20 says that Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell down on the ground and worshipped. It could have been a sign of mourning. It could have been a sign of deep, passionate worship. Now, let me plow a little bit. Be careful of how you judge somebody. Because what you see with your eyes, and just what you judge from afar, and what you make light of, could be something traumatic to them. It could be something heartfelt and deep to them be careful judge not you know the rest he could have been in mourning he could have been in a time of worship um well and you know uh, the bible doesn't say this but he could have uh, number 618 tells us that someone who takes the nazarite vow they could be he 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 could have at, at first the Nazarite shall shave the head of his separation at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, shall take the hair of the head of his separation, put it in the fire. It could have been part of a ceremony that he was partaking of God. Listen, long story short, be careful of how you judge anything. It could be somebody's worship. It could be something so deep that, that you haven't even begun to scratch the surface. It could be so many things. So before you look at someone and say, oh, I know how they are. Oh, I, you know what they know. Oh, they're, they're this or that. Be careful because the Bible says those kind of mockers are sensual and have not the spirit. One way or the other, let's get to the next part. I'm going somewhere. I'm still laying a foundation. I'm not going to be much longer. Just hold on. And then he cursed them because of this. That, that doesn't mean, you know, oogity-boogity, you know, black magic. It's not all that stuff. It's a sharp, open rebuke is what it means. The Bible says in Proverbs 27 and 5, I, now before I read it, how could that man of God be like this? Well, you called him bald and you told him you wish he was dead. And you wonder how he could whip around and rebuke you in front of everybody. Y'all don't even know what I'm preaching on yet. And you judged him from the time that he left his mentor, the time he was on his way to the house of God to minister to you. 
and you judged him the whole way, not knowing what he was going through behind closed doors. Hmm. But, but obviously, you know, you watch Dr. Phil, so you know it all. My Bible tells me in Proverbs 27 and 5, how could that preacher do that to me? Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. It's not, Brother Roger, it, it ain't the ones, it ain't the ones that come up to me and tell me like it is that I'm worried about. It's the ones offering flattery and the, 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 all, all the time uh, surface stuff and being manipulative. You gotta watch out for people all the time kissing you but never really tell you the truth. Thank God. You don't know who a friend is. A friend is not a yes man who'll tell you everything you wanna hear. A friend is somebody that'll tell you when you're wrong. A friend is something, my mom, bless her heart, gone home before six years. If you didn't know my mom, Brother Dyer, you all probably met my mom a few times. My mom was a special woman. She's about yay tall. Yay tall. Boy, she was a teacher of the word of God, and she did everything. She was so unorthodox in everything that she did. And, and, and I'll, I'll never forget my, but she really thought she was helping you on my mom's back. She would never hurt you on purpose. And really, she wouldn't. But she, 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 uh, been, uh, she was a baby boomer. And I, let, I, I got brothers and uncles and aunts that are baby boomers. And buddy, let me tell you something. There you go. Them baby boomers will tell you like it is. Now, you know, especially the sanctified ones. You get my, you get my drift? And man, I was, my dad was from the silent generation. My mom was a baby boomer, so I was getting it from, you know, dad, dad you know, he'd been through it all, seen it all, and, and, and you know, mom, you couldn't tell her nothing. So anyway, I, and I, I loved him to, dearly, but I mean, there was so much wisdom there. Anyways, one way or the other, um, I, this, this fellow walked up to, to, to my mom, and, and he was talking about asking this girl out, and, and he, he had got to the point where he was around us so much, and he said, I'm just going to call you mom. Is that okay? I'm just going to call you mom. And he walked up to her one day and got in her face, and he didn't really take care of himself. Well, Mom was trying to help him. She really was. She said, son, you call me Mama, right? She, he said, yes, ma'am, I do. She said, well, you need to brush your teeth because you ain't never going to get that girl with teeth like that. And your breath smelling the way it does. And she was trying to help him. She wanted to help him get a girlfriend, but she was that, she just blunt. But, I mean, just tell it like it is. I mean, I'm, whew. and if I wore something she didn't like, she'd go, ah. Why are, you, why are you doing that for? And I come to find out there was some things I was wearing that was a little silly. I look back now, I thought, man, why did I wear that for? It was the 90s. We was all doing stupid stuff. And I thought, you know, she said, you look like a Smurf in that blue suit. A big Smurf, but a Smurf. And she, and she would just tell you what she was thinking. She had no, but you know what? She loved me. And, and there came a time where I was dating somebody that she said, and she looked at me, Brother Dyer, and, you, and you, you were there during this time, and I was going through a rough time. Mom said, I said, Mom, I'm hurting. My heart's hurting. She said, I don't know why you want her for. She said, she smells like the world. She looks like the world. She talks like the world. She acts like the world. I said, well, I love her. Let me tell you something. When your emotions are like this, you need somebody that's going to point their finger right in your face in a loving way. And tell you the truth that you need to hear when your emotions are lying to you. The Bible says your heart is desperately wicked. 
The heart is the seat of emotions. That's what, that's what it's talking about. The seat of emotions. Your, your emotional state is a mess at best. And you, where could I find somebody, Brother Sound Man, who would tell me the truth? Where in the world? Well, the Bible says, well, we're already at Bethel. Who could I find at Bethel who will tell me the truth the way a parent would? Well, he's standing right there, but instead of listening to what he has to say, you would rather mock him. And he'll tell it like it is. He'll shoot straight down the line. He will marry your young and bury your old. But when it comes to needing counsel, you'll listen to Dr. Field over the man of God. Now, I'm not just saying this local congregation. I mean Christendom. Christianity as a whole. Well, he gets in his pants the same way. Of course he gets in his pants the same way, he, same way I do. Unless he's got a band of angels that I don't know about that dress him every day. Sprinkle angel dust on him and it just appears on his body. If you've got a secret I don't know about and I'm missing some kingdom benefits, you need to tell me about it. Like how you got that great head of hair. One way or the other, and I'm coming in for a landing. I'm not going to be much longer, so I want you to see this. You have got a resource that God has put in your life and how dare any of us ever dumb that resource down or make light of it. You ladies, you've got a first lady here. I don't know what you call her, but Sister Dyer, you've got a princess of a woman. They have not asked me to say any of it. Well, Sister Dyer did. She said she'd give me 20 spot later. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't. You got to know her. She, she, but so graceful. And she is a lady. Oh, that women knew how to be ladies. Oh, that men knew how to be a gentleman. Speak when spoken to, be kind-hearted, be nice, be, you understand what I'm saying? And you, you've, got, uh, you've got some leaders here, and I'm sure you've got other preachers and, and singers and, and, and ministers. I, I don't know everything you've got, but one thing I know for this, the Bible says to know them that labor among you. And if you have not tapped into having a pastor and his wife, and, and when they have to tell you like it is, remember that open rebuke is much better than someone sending you secret love cards and little love notes. It's better for them to look you straight in the eye and say, that wasn't right. You need to make that right. Now, that wasn't good. That is so much better than somebody sending you a little letter saying, ooh, I love you, you're beautiful. It's so much better to have somebody that'll look you square in the eyes and tell you when you're wrong, bless you when you're right, lift you up, pray for you. Let us never forget that it was never God's will for us to have kings in the land. It was God's will for us to have a theocracy, which was a God-led nation. God speaks to man of God. Man of God reveals plans of God to said people. And that was God's plan. Oh, but we want, we want him. Oh, you want him. Why do you want him? Well, he's a head and shoulders taller than everybody else, and he looks real big and bad. Let's make him our king. Wow. So you want to put a leader in from the way he looks or because he'll give you what you want. Well, you got it. I don't mean to get political, but you got it. You got what you wanted. Somebody did anyway.
And the fact of the matter is, I, I, uh, I just came, and I, I don't think we're, are we on Facebook? Are we, on, are we live on Facebook? Maybe, okay, I'll be careful what I say. A long time ago, <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> see, I started preaching in the 90s. We didn't have all that Facebook stuff, so you got to, I got to, I forget where I'm at sometimes. Anyway, one way or the other. Long time ago, long time ago, long time ago. Barely know the man. Um, <laughs> there was a there was this fella and was telling me that that in the even in the church group text, I guess there was a, a church group text that, that a man was getting on there and belittling the pastor in front of everybody. And he was older than him, so he thought that it would be okay to usurp authority over the man of God and just Said no, if you want to hear a leader, you need to hear what I have to say, and he's not saying right, and, and just you know, shade, you know, throwing shade or whatever you kids call that stuff. Anyway, but one way or the other, it, I, that's inappropriate. Did you know the Bible says that you're you're not you're not to rebuke an elder, and um, that that word there means pastor. If you didn't know that, that's that's they call their pastors elders in the New Testament. It'll never be your, and I, you're going to probably kill me for preaching this message. He ain't told me nothing. It ain't your job to correct a preacher. It'll never be your job to straighten him out. He'll probably, you may never have me back. It'll never be a saint's job to correct the man of God. Never be, it'll never be your job. He has elders in the Lord that'll correct him. But like a, it'll never be your child's job to correct you. And if that's going on, you've got major troubles in your home. Can I get an amen or no me? And if he's not done something right, if Elisha has stepped out of line, you've got a God that slung the entire universe into being. He just spoke it into being. I mean, he spanned out everything just at a word. Trust me, he can take care of Brother Dyer. Ladies, he can take care of your husband. Gentlemen, he can take care of your boss. You'll never do right by mocking, making fun, judging, downplaying, and coming across as though you know more. And you might know more. You might about something. There's things that I don't have a clue about that I can't tell you nothing about football. I don't. Now, you want to talk about Star Trek? I'll tell you everything you want to know about Star Trek. I'll tell you everything you need to know about William Shatner and Captain Kirk. And I can tell you all about that, but I don't know nothing about football. It never interested me. I know I've lost half of you right then. Go Big Orange, though, right? I know nothing about it. I don't even know who won that game. I didn't watch it. I don't watch it. I, I've watched maybe one whole game my entire life, probably. I don't know a lot about it. So I'm not going to get with you, and I'm not going to stand there and go, well, now, you know, they really did this, that, or the other, and threw like this. and that. I don't even know the terminology. I, I, I will sound so stupid. But why is it, now some of you are laughing, but I'm going to get you in a good way. Why is it if you need uh, your oil changed, you go to a mechanic. If you've got a heart issue, you go to a cardiologist. But when you've got spiritual issues, you call up people who enable you instead of getting the raw truth from a man of God. <laughs> I'm asking you a question. Why, listen, I didn't when I uh, when I broke my toe. Oh Jesus, I broke my toe. M my pinky toe looked like that. 
snapped in half. And I had done it in our church parking lot. I was wearing flip-flops. And, and I went out, and I was, somebody was trying to show me their dog. And I wasn't watching where I was going. And I snapped that little toe. I mean, literally, they said I literally broke it in half. And it was hanging out like that. I said, hey, why won't my toe go back in? And I turned around, and that woman was talking to me about her dog. And I turned around, and I said, honey, I think I broke my toe. And I turned around, and I was talking to that lady. I said, I was looking down at my toe. I was trying to be so kind. She didn't know what I'd done. She, didn't, she wasn't looking at my ugly feet. And I, I, I did. I broke that thing in half. And then I had to go to three people to get somebody popped back in place. Somebody said, you should just pop. One of the baby boomers said, you should just popped it back in yourself. Said, I ain't doing that. Pop it. I ain't touching that. I'll throw up everywhere. I'm doing nothing like that. I'm going to somebody knows what they're talking about I want to go to somebody <laughs> you know you know I didn't go to the manager at McDonald's and have him put my toe back in where it was supposed to go I went to somebody who a table was doing and man he was so kind to me he was talking to me and oh and the worst part was when he when he shoved that needle that was that long during he's just gonna numb it real good that hurt worse than setting it and then he, he says, do you feel I said, yes, I feel that. And he did it three or four times. He said, you feel I said, yes, I still feel it. And he goes, well, and then he took that and went like that. It, 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 I didn't feel a thing. But I felt that needle that was four feet long piercing my toe. But he knew what he was doing. He was wonderful and he was awesome. But, but if I had the complex, you stupid idiot, you don't know what you're doing. Quit touching my toe. My toe would still, well, I about did that. My, my toe... I'm so used to it, I'm sorry. My toe looked like that. My toe looked like that. My, it, was, it was terrible. And this guy made me feel, oh, he was so good. He was nowhere near the beast that I thought he'd be. Because somebody's like, oh, if you get that set, you know what that's going to feel like. And man, he took care of me. Quit worrying about what this preacher and his wife, but the leadership, you can trust them. I have labored with them. I know them. They helped me when I was down and out and troubled and, and young and had hair and I was good looking and I was dashing. Wasn't I? I'm lifting you up now. Lie for me. No. See, that's what we want though. We want somebody to lie to us. You don't want somebody to look at you and say, yeah, you're wrong. It feels good if someone goes, oh, you're all right, baby. You okay? Keep on doing what you're doing. You're doing great. Because everybody wants a participation trophy. And preachers don't hand out participation trophies. And if they do, they need to go sell insurance. There ain't nothing wrong selling insurance if you sell insurance. I'm just saying they need to give it up. If you don't like telling people what to do and laying it on the line, and you can do it lovingly, and you've never been mean to me. You've never one time been mean. Well, you was a little mean to me one time. but No, you've never been mean to me. He's not going to, listen, but how, what do you want him to do? Go up, thou bald head. You don't know anything. Mock him. You don't know what he's faced at home. You don't know what his family's went through this week. You have no clue what they're up against. You have no clue the internal battles and the struggles. And for someone who doesn't hang around Bethel every day to look at Bethel and judge Bethel and the man of God and act like they know what they're talking about is ignorant. Because you don't know why his head is bald. You don't know what he's faced before he walked in here. You have no clue what his wife feels when she hears chatter about her family. You have no clue. You have no clue what, what the devil uh, whispers in their ears. You have no clue. So what I'm getting across to you is this. If there's ever been a time 
to lay off the ministry it's now. Because there's pulpits that are shutting down every week. And there's churches that are closing their door over the smallest thing. And we go, we, 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 as much as we sing, I'm telling you, Brother Dyer, everywhere I go, our church we go to, full up at one time, we've come back. And there's 400-seat auditoriums with five or six people. I know COVID this, COVID that. I ain't getting into all that. I'm just telling you the way it is. And it wasn't because 455 members died. It's not what it was. It was for this or that. And I know some people use COVID as an excuse to, to check out. I don't know if you've realized this, Ron, but we're in the great falling away. It's happening right before your very eyes. People who had a head knowledge of God but never got the goods, man, they're exiting left and right. They got a form of godliness, but deny the life-changing power thereof. And you've got a man and woman of God standing flat-footed, preaching you the word of God. You're blessed. I'm applauding you because you're blessed. Does anybody know you're blessed? Is anybody thankful for what you got here? As I'm coming in for landing now, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. You've got a friend. I know Jesus is the one you should go to first. I ain't downplaying that. You should have a relationship with God. I understand you need to go to God before you go to anybody. Before you go to the doctor, I tell everybody that. Go, you, you take your health, your issues, everything to Jesus before you go to any specialist because Jesus knows it all. And he has, he has the knowledge of what you have needed before you ask, but he just loves to hear your voice. Well, you know, let me tell you something. When judgment comes, <laughs> um, the, the Bible lets us know the Hebrew word here. Now, you're the scholar, okay? I'm just a dumb hick. But the Hebrew word here for the bears, when the, the she bears come out, which, which, by the way, just let me, let me give you a little hint here. There's, there's two she bears you don't want to mess with. And that's, and, and in my life, at one time, it was pastor's wife. And pastor's mama. You hear me? Is your mama still living? And did she ever get to visit you here? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. You don't want to mess with pastor's mama. I, I don't think I've ever met her. But you listen, my mama will tell you off in a heartbeat. The boy hit me on a bus one time. I was a sixth grader. He was an eighth grader. He's two foot. He was 20 foot taller than me. <laughs> He might as well have been 20 foot. He was mad at me. It was his last day. He was leaving. He came back. He wailed on my head. My head was numb. I didn't know what world I was in. I couldn't. I was just trying to defend myself. I didn't know what world I was in. This was probably unethical, but after I got home and I was shedding a couple tears here and there, the school bus pulled up in our driveway, and the school bus driver gave my mother directions to that kid's house. <laughs> oh, the good old days. <laughs> I would assume that probably would not happen today. And I jumped in the car with mom, and my mom went on a mission, and she found that boy. God help his soul. And she tore him up one side and down the other, and double dog dare him to ever touch her son again. I'll never forget that. Because one way or the other, God has got the back of his man. Sister Dyer, only God knows the mental battles you face. Only God does.
Only God knows you, beautiful people of God, the things you're facing. Some of you former pastors, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you, and former first ladies of churches, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm not trying to pit nobody against anybody or cause an uproar. And he didn't tell me a thing. You've never told me anything. You've only, only high praises for your people. Ever, really, ever. And why I preach this, I didn't want to. But the Lord told me well, there might be somebody here who needs to know that there's a bear who's got your number. And it won't be the dyers. It'll be something unforeseen. Oh, I'm not damning you to hell. I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm not, I'm not doing none of that. I'm not, I'm not condemning you. I'm not doing none of that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. What I'm telling you is this, is that the bears represent judgment. And God loves you enough to chastise you. But what I'm trying to tell you is the Hebrew word here for bear, and this is funny to me, it, 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 and I don't have the word in front of me, but, but however you pronounce it, uh, it, it denotes a slow-moving creature. So it was a bear-like. Because when you look at a bear, it's kind of, whoa. The only problem is, you know when all the northerners started coming down here and going to Cades Cove and they go up there and here, here's, what, here's what I see them do. They, and, and they've always got like Ohio license plates. My wife's from Ohio, so that's why I say that. And they've always, it's Michigan or something. God help you. I know y'all are awesome. Y'all are awesome. You're, you're good. It's none of you all. It's none of you all. But they go and they find the biggest black bear they can find that's in a tree and they get right up underneath the tree like this. And I'm sitting there a football field away. And I go, boy, they're stupid. I said, I guarantee you their plates are not from around here. Because do you have any idea how fast that bear can come out of that tree? Have you ever seen one move? But see, if you're just sitting there judging it and you're mocking and you're kind of making a lot of everything and not really using wisdom, well, you know, he's reaching over, he's swatting at that honey. You know, baby, that ain't Paddington. And it ain't Pooh Bear. You getting my drift? And I, it's you're you're messing with something here. You're messing with something. And and man, I said I don't understand. Well, they got and they got lens that long. You could have stood back where I was at and took pictures of it, but you had to be cool and you had to play with fire. And that's what people do. And then when they get burned, they're like, Oh, I can't believe I got burned. Can a man take fire into his bosom and not be burned? You played. With the judgment of God, you play with these things and you wonder why it's come upon you. Listen, wisdom should tell you that if something's on fire, you don't play with it. You will get burned. And one way or the other, you need to understand this. You need to get this. this it's more than likely a more likely it was a Syrian brown bear, actually. And it may look slow moving, but that sucker can run 35 miles an hour. My son's got a little Mitsubishi car that we've had to drive around because my other son wrecked my truck. And my hips are all out of alignment, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go to my chiropractor and all this stuff because I'm riding that thing, my knees are up to my chest, which is really physically impossible as fat as I am, but somehow or another I get in that car and it happens. And you think I'm kidding. I mean, I'm all out of whack, and I'm walking like this, and I look like Frankenstein. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And I've been in West Virginia, and those hills are unforgiving, and we're going up and down like this, seven services since Wednesday. So you understand, I don't feel real well right now. My back's hurting. My feet are hurting. I told you I was hungry. I'm always hungry. 
And we can all complain about something, but the fact of the matter is this. The fact of the matter is this. If I, if, if I, if I play around with something, doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter what I'm going through, wisdom says it doesn't matter if you're having a bad day. It doesn't matter if you just feel ticked off and you want to take your anger. Quit using the ministry as your punching bag. Israel did it. Every single time, they did it to David as well. They, they did it to Moses. They did it to David. Every time something went wrong, they picked up stones, ready to, ready to stone the leadership. You know why? Because the leadership acts as the mouthpiece of God in your life. And because it is inherent, it is inside of you to rebel against God. It, it's in your flesh. I'm sorry, we've all got that rebellion inside of us. But because they represent the kingdom of God, the first people we go after when we're mad at God is his men, his women. And you need to identify that attitude because that attitude can get so out of control. Jans and Jambres, the sons of Korah, hey, the ground opened up for them dudes. Swallowed, hell just swallowed them right up like it was nothing. Am I telling you that's going to happen today? I don't know, but I do know this. When you go to mess with that bald man in your life, you better be sure there's a bear not too far behind him. God calls his men, his women, touch not my anointed, he said, do my prophets no harm. If there's a misunderstanding, God even said, when it comes to your sins, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will wash you whiter as snow. Then guess what? You've got a man of God. You've got a woman of God. You've got leaders in this church that you can trust, that you can call upon. And guess what? Don't judge them. Don't put words in their mouth. Don't, don't do that. Whatever you do, come, reason together. The Bible says this, and this is where I'm done. The Bible says this. Uh, number one, Ephesians 4 and 8, the Bible says that he gave gifts unto man. Uh, 4, 8 through 12, read on your own time. And it says that the ministry, the fivefold ministry, pastors included, are the, for the perfecting of the saints, to edify you, to lift you up. And there's a part of your spirituality that you cannot achieve without a pastor in your life. 1 Timothy 5, 17 says, let the elders, pastors that rule, well be counted worthy of double honor. And then it goes on to say, the Old Testament says to muzzle not the ox that treadeth out the corn. This man has a vision, get behind him. If he's wrong, God will take care of him. God will clean up the mess. God will do it. It won't be up to you. It'll never be up to you. I, and the, the, the church that I grew up in, we didn't even call it. Now, I'm not trying to put standards and legalism on you all, but we honor the ministry to the point. We didn't even, we don't even, we didn't even call them by their first name. Because we revered him and respect him. Matter of fact, when I went to my friend's house and his parents that I know of were lost, we called them Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so because we showed honor. And we said, yes, sir, no, ma'am. Boy, I sound, like a, I sound like an old fogey, don't I? I show honor just in little things and make sure they're taken care of and make sure they got all they need and make sure everything's good. I'm sure you do every bit of that. But whatever you do, show honor. You'll never go wrong Planting seeds of honor on good ground. You'll never go wrong doing that, honoring people. Even your brothers. And the man at McDonald's behind the register that you don't know, show honor, show gratitude. Be kind, be nice. What's it hurting you? You're just planting seeds of love. God is love. One way or the other, 42 of them died. It said, of them. 
which means God had enough mercy. He said, I'll show mercy, he'll show mercy. He had enough mercy, but really I think there was an agenda to it. I think he's, of course, God's so awesome. And he, he let some of them live, only 42 died. I don't know how many was there, but it, the Bible is pretty clear. There's 42 of them died. So there was a few more than just that. I don't know what the Madrash says about it, what the, the rabbinical lines, and you know, because they keep pretty good records. But all I know is some of them lived. Somebody had to go tell the story about when you mess with that bald-headed man, you better be careful because there'll be a bear with your Name, number, address, and social security number. Pray for your leaders. Pray for them that labor. Whatever you do, whatever you do, show them you love them. When they're having a rough day, if, if, he, if he was a little sharp, give him some grace. Preachers have it hard nowadays. Everybody automatically, sinners a lot of times, they'll judge us from what they've seen on movies and Hollywood. And they judge us from what some religious organizations have done with children. And they call names and they're mean and they're hateful. And sometimes if people even hear the word preacher, oh, let's break that. Let's, let's tear that stigma apart. And you let people know that when it comes to your man of God, your woman of God, to your leaders, your church, your brothers and your sisters sitting on the pew, the honor you should show your brothers and your sisters. Now we're tearing down uh, all those walls and, and breaking those stigmas and those stereotypes and letting people know that we're blessed and highly favored because he might be bald, but he's yours. And whatever he, and the baldness represents whatever he's going through at the time. You just realize this, you'll never go wrong being good to that man right there. Now, I need to know if anybody loves your pastor and his wife. Now, I'll let you clean up the mess. Well, I, that messed up my theology. I always thought that the Lord uh, called pastors to churches because it uh, so that he had that many people to take care of and make sure he behaves. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Jordan. Love you, too. Um, I, I'm so blessed that we have such a group of people. Me and my wife talk about this often, that we do have such a wonderful group of people um, on October the 9th, we actually have a service representing all of the missions, the local missions that we do, and uh, people over and over and over again brag about the, the volunteerism of our church. We have so many phenomenal volunteers, and guys, you make that all possible. And so for me, it's a, an honor serving with you. You know, um, there is a, a scripture that says to to make it joyful for the, the man of the Lord, and you make it joyful for me to serve. And so I'm very thankful for that. And, and I do, I do honor all of our leadership because every one of you guys, every one of you guys are, are, are servant leaders. You, you have such a passionate heart for, for the kingdom of God, and I'm so thankful to be on your team. And do, and do agree, man, that um, I've had to also struggle with this message and not because I'm the pastor but because I have leaders over me uh, I have overseers I have state overseer uh, that sometimes I don't always agree with sometimes I get frustrated with decisions that are made that I also have to submit to and I also have to you know Lord you know what needs to be done God you are the the Lord over him and I'm trusting that you will direct his path. 
We have state, a state board. We have um, a general overseer. I'm, I'm also a, considered a missionary with world missions. And in world missions, I have a, a director of world missions that I don't always agree with what they do. But I thank God that uh, I have a covering. I thank God that I have leaders that I can go to and, and love on and, and pray for when I don't agree with them. But at the same time, know that they are, are, are open ears, that if I have something that I don't understand, they're willing to listen. And I want you to know that as a pastor, your pastor, that uh, my ears are open, that I do love to uh, hear. I had someone text me recently and, and um, with something they didn't understand, and it, and it could be taken pretty, um, pretty harsh, but uh, the reality is, is that this is, this is when, I, when I shared last Sunday, this is how I view people. I view everybody as, as broken in some way because we all have some sort of hurt, habit, or hang-up. And if you view everybody that is broken, then, then when somebody comes to you that may be hurt, how many know that hurt people hurt people? So if you allow the hurts of others to hurt you, then you're going to always be hurt. And so when somebody's hurting and they come to me hurting, I'm able to identify this is a hurting person. This is not personal. This is, this is not a, an attack on my person or my character. This is a hurting person hurting. And I'm able to love them through that hurt, help them identify whatever it is that's hurting them. And it could be something that I have control of, and it could not be. But being able to have a, then a gracious ear to hear and being able to give them the grace because there's sometimes that I'm hurting. And there's sometimes out of my brokenness that I may say something or do something that may hurt somebody. And I would, and I would always want somebody to love me through that and somebody to care for me and embrace me through that. So the same grace that you want to receive is the same grace you have to give. I'm thankful for every one of you. And I thank you, Brother Jordan, for reminding us to follow the leader ultimately follow him. And, and I, as the Apostle Paul says, not that I'm anywhere near the Apostle Paul, but follow me as I follow Christ. And I will do my best to follow Christ. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you so much for the Word of God, for the truths that you lay before us, for the principles that you lay before us. Thank you, God, for wonderful leadership. Thank you, God, for people who love you and people who are surrendered to your plan, God. And I pray that we would all join together with one mind and one accord, that we will all uh, be on the same page, your page, Lord, your truth, your word, that we may see the hand, your hand move am amongst us, God, that we, that we may be your hands and feet to this world, God, empowered and anointed by your Holy Spirit, Lord, walking in your truth, Father. Lord, we live in a day where there's a, ne a need for people to understand what it means to be under authority because we can't be in authority unless we're under authority. And Lord, let us walk in the authority of God, living out the blessings of the authority that's over us, God, walking the, your favor and the favor of others, God. We give you praise and glory and we give you all of the love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.